0: From the CSI Today news desk at the College of Staten Island, welcome to the CSI Today Talks podcast with your hosts, David Pizzuto and Terry Mayers. The CSI Today Talks podcast is your connection to the College of Staten Island with the newsmakers that make it happen. From world-renowned faculty and staff, dynamic students, and community leaders, stay connected to CSI, with CSI Today Talks. And now, here is your host, Terry Mares.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the CSI Today Talks podcast on CSIToday.com, or from wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is Terry Mares, co-host of CSI Today Talks, here to bring you the latest episode, Season 1, Episode 6. Today we're talking to Cheryl Craddock. Associate Director of the Verrazano School Honors Program. Before we get to Cheryl, we want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Co-host David Pizzuto and I will look to bring you new episodes often. And like this episode coming up, all of our episodes are available via our archive on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, from our website at www.csitoday.com, or from wherever you found us today. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the CSI Today Talks podcast, Cheryl. How are you today?
2: Uh, Doing very well. How are you, Terry?
1: (laughs) Pretty good, pretty good, thanks. Um, Well, why don't we get right into it. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about some general information about the Verrazano School, like what it is, uh, the number of students currently enrolled, approximately how many students it has served overall, some of the staff, you know, just some general information, if you would, please.
2: Sure thing. So the Verizontal Honors Program is CSI's own honors program, and it's designed to make the really good education you get at CSI into something exceptional. So CSI is awesome in that it supports students of all different abilities. It's one of the things that makes CSI so remarkable. Mm-hmm. But we also help um, our high-achieving students through the Verizontal Honors Program and help them do even more with their undergraduate experience. So, in terms of the number of students that we have, we just graduated 13 students in January, which puts us about 300 students now currently. Oh. And over the past uh, several years, we've graduated about 550 students overall.
1: Very impressive. It's
2: pretty cool. Um, we are a small staff. We have a director who's currently Steve Monty from the English department. He's serving as an inter- in an interim capacity right now. Mm-hmm. I'm the associate director, and then the third member of our crew is Cynthia Palumbo, who's our administrative assistant, but she's so much more than that. She sits at the front desk and is the mother confessor and den mother of the program, and basically (laughs) it's the glue that holds this all together.
1: All right. Uh, So now let's go back a little bit. Uh, Let's talk about the history of Verrazano, how it came to be, the reason why uh, this program was started, if you would, please.
2: Sure. Um, So as I said, you know, CSI does a great job of supporting all sorts of different populations. And so it was clear that there was a need to help the best and brightest at CSI um, achieve all that they could. So back in the spring of 2007, um, there was some brainstorming among some pretty forward-thinking faculty and staff, including Dave Fidel and Joe Petrie, who are no longer at CSI, and uh, Debbie Simone and Susan Polak, who are, and some others who really wanted a way to figure out how to cultivate our students, the best students at CSI. Um, you know, those students have always been here, but how could we create a school within a school to help them? Um, the program really started out, as most honors programs do, as a collection of honors classes that students were required to take. Uh, but it's really grown to include a number of different experiences that we help will get students to extract everything they can from their college experience, including So, for example, all of our students are required to complete a total of 40 hours of community service. Many of them do a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, They do professional development kinds of activities, and they attend extracurricular activities. And finally, most recently, we've started requiring that they all complete a capstone. And that capstone is essentially an honors thesis that all students do, typically within their major.
1: Okay. You've explained what the program is. Uh, why should students who come to the College of Staten Island consider the Verrazano School?
2: Right. Well, you know, we're a commuter campus. And one of the challenges that we all face in working with our students is that there's a tendency among students to come to classes and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the worst thing that you can do as a student in terms of getting with everything you can out of your college experience. Data disagree on many different things, but it's, it, It's true that um, throughout the years, we understand that students who are connected some way to their college community are gonna be more successful. They will have better experiences. They will make more connections with faculty. So the Arizona uh, Arizona Honors Program helps students find those connections to feel like they're part of something. Um, And they do that within the program, through the courses and activities, and because we push them to get involved. We say, go meet your faculty. Join these clubs, uh, get involved with all the things that you can do at CSI. So Verizano is sort of what what motivates and pushes students to to do more.
1: Okay, now you've talked about some of the benefits of Verizano for students who are considering the program. What are some of the other ones?
2: You know, what's funny is that uh, we're we're in our recruitment season right now, and there's a huge benefit to being in Verizano, and that's priority registration. You get to register ahead of everybody else on campus. And for some reason, that's a really hard thing to convince incoming freshmen is important. They don't get that until they are here and they realize, oh, yes, it is helpful <laughs> to register yes, it ahead is. of everybody else. <laughs> um, but uh, so, in addition to that, that very tangible benefit, um, our students have access to honors courses, which tend to be smaller um, and. Students in those classes tend to be surrounded by other bright and motivated students, which just makes your whole educational experience better. Right. Um, we have, yeah, we have a, a place to hang out in our lounge. Um, and uh, we always have snacks, Terry. <laughs> it turns out students really, really love fruit snacks. So we have lots of fruit snacks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the biggest advantage of being in Verrazano is that um, our program knows who they are. They have a place to go if they have questions, you know, CSI is a big place and you can get lost easily. So having somebody who's in your corner, who knows who you are, to direct you to resources is incredibly valuable.
1: So what attributes and skills are you generally looking for in a student who's applying to Verrazano and what skills do they need to succeed in the program?
2: That's a great question. Um, it's, it's hard to, to read an application really get a sense of who a student is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the easy answer is, is we're looking for people with high GPAs. The real answer and the more thorough answer is is that we're looking for students who are active and engaged and want to do more. Um, an honors program for a student who's not motivated is just going to feel like a series of hoops that they need to jump through. Um, and that's no fun for them. It's no fun for us. So the students that we're looking for, are the ones that are, are interested in transforming their educational experience. They obviously have to be bright and and be good in a classroom, but the ones that are the most fun are the ones that are most open to being changed. Okay. But what's cool, though, I forgot to to mention, I've been talking about incoming freshmen, is that, um, but we also accept students who are transferring in from other schools or current CSI students. A lot of students... Um, don't hit their stride academically. I'm sure you've encountered this as yeah. well. You have students who didn't do very well in, in high school, but when they come to college, it's like a light bulb. A light goes on, you know. Uh, the, the fire starts underneath them, and they realize, oh, this is the, this is my moment. This is where I can really take off. So we're really excited about those students as well. Uh, students who may not have heard of us or students who are really just finding themselves now and want somebody to help them along their path.
1: Okay. Uh, for interested students, are there any financial aid options available?
2: We're working on that, but currently there's no uh, financial aid for tuition or books or anything like that. However, um, one of the things that we do have funding for are study abroad scholarships. We really encourage students, as, as I've already mentioned, to, to get outside their comfort zone and explore. And One of the, the most amazing ways a student could do that is to do a study abroad program. So what we enable students to do um, is if they do a CSI-led program, um, we will give them a $500 scholarship if they go over the summer or the winter, or $1,000 if they spend, spend an entire semester abroad.
1: Okay. Uh, now, shifting gears a little bit here to back to the program itself, how does Verrazano differ from the Macaulay Honors College, which is another program we have at CSI?
2: Right, there's a, you know, everybody's heard of Macaulay, but that's partly because Macaulay Honors is part of the uh, CUNY honors system. It's uh, It belongs to CUNY itself, not to CSI specifically. The Macaulay students choose a home campus to attend, but they're receiving their degree from the Macaulay Honors College at CUNY. Um, CSI is uh, has its own program, and Verrazano belongs to CSI. Um, Macaulay also has the resources to offer tuition scholarships and obviously we don't have uh, that. As a consequence, Macaulay has a limit to the number of students they can admit and uh, Verrazano is only limited by our capacity to advise them. So we can't admit every qualified student uh, because we just couldn't handle the advisement and the programming for them. but we can admit more students. Beyond that, our programs um, are pretty similar. Students are required to take honors classes with uh, uh, fellow honors students. They do community service. They are engaged in extracurricular activities and, and they do complete this capstone or you know this honors thesis at the end of their experience.
1: So Cheryl, uh, could you recall a few student success stories? Uh, maybe someone who really blossomed in the program, uh, people who had an amazing experience in Verrazano, uh, anything that comes to mind?
2: Oh, man. Well, I hope a lot of them have had an amazing experience in Verrazano. and I got to tell you that that Cynthia and I both uh, spent a lot of time. You know, a student will come in to to chit chat and we'll we'll when the student leaves, we will look at each other and say, I just love them. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> great. These kids are awesome. So Luciano Di Francesco comes to mind when you when you ask this. Luciano came in as a freshman, super quiet like many of our students are. you know they they're getting to know us. They don't know who we are. and and we tend to be a bit enthusiastic, but she just wasn't super chatty. But she wanted to be a teacher, so we were helping her select her courses and figure out what she, you know how to, to work with little kids. And then she had a study abroad experience. She's one of those folks that decided to, to take advantage of that opportunity and study abroad. And I should tell you that about 20% of our students do study abroad, which is pretty cool. That's but great. But Luciana decided she was going to go um, to Denmark okay. and uh, to Copenhagen, and the program that she was going to had was she was taking a course over the summer on social equality issues, and, um, and what was cool is that part of her her course is that she got to do a field trip to Ireland. I mean, that's cool, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> to do a field trip to another country, um, so she came back, and it was just like there was a light on inside of her. It was so. She was so different. Um, She was so much more confident. Um, We talked so much more about what she was interested in doing and she had come back transformed by the experience and wanted to um, do something where she got to travel or think about larger geographical issues. Um, And she also had really great pictures, by the way, of Copenhagen, (laughs) which is pretty fun. And so she ended up switching gears entirely and became a geography major. And she did a, this really cool honors thesis when their Pack on smart cities. How do you build a city? How do you build a city that has that incorporates uh, smart technology? You know we talk about smart homes, so how do you do that at a larger scale? And she was thinking about the pros and cons of that, and she's gotten into city development and um, urban development. She's working for the city right now. Uh, okay. But when I think about the power a Verrazano and a college education to transform you. I think of Luciana and that experience. I just shifted her gears entirely. For example, I think a lot of students come in thinking that uh, there's like five things that they can do when they graduate. They can be an engineer, a computer science a teacher. You know, they have very limited ideas of what they can do. And Verrazano helped open her eyes to all the different possibilities. Another student that I think about is Fatu Amara, which I know we've profiled on, uh, on social media and at CSI as well. Fatou graduated from Curtis High School and she transferred into the program. She didn't come in ready to be in, our, in Verrazano, but she really quickly stood out as as a superstar in terms of a student when she, when she transferred into our program. She had started out wanting to be a doctor, like a lot of students do. She was pre-health, she was gonna go save the world. But what was great about Fatou is that she said yes, and I don't know how many times you've recommended to students or colleagues that you've met that they should talk to somebody or look into something, and they didn't do it, right? Right. And so Fatou did. We would say, hey, you should look at this fellowship. You should look at this, and she did, and she would follow up. And she, at one point, uh, she was awarded the Jeanette K. Watson Fellowship, which is a really prestigious, community-wide internship that provides three years of funding, three internships, including one that could be international. So Fatou ended up um, doing all sorts of cool things, but she ended up doing her international internship through this fellowship um, in Rwanda. She was looking at the public health care system there and how does one get something like that to function in a post-genocide country. And she studied that in Cambodia as well on a different study abroad. And what, what was cool about Fatou, you know, we'll focus in on this a little bit. She did a lot of other cool things. But two ended up having her vision of what it meant to be in medicine totally transformed by this experience. And she came back thinking about public health. How do we not just treat individuals, but how do we treat communities? How do we affect positive change in healthcare on a larger scale? And she's set to take off. She's a finalist right now for a Fulbright. I mean, she's just just amazing. So she said yes to things. And that's what I think is so remarkable about what Verizona can do, is that we can can let you know what's out there. And if the students decide to take advantage of it, who knows what's going to happen with them. One more. I'm going to tell you about Brian Keegan. Brian Keegan, I talked about how students could either embrace these opportunities or feel like they're hoops to jump through. Brian acknowledged, Brian confessed to me one time when he was a senior that he had hated every moment of our orientation and our team-building activities and the professional development opportunities we had asked him to do. And it was only upon reflection that he recognized that everything that we'd asked him to do was meaningful, and he learned from it. Um, and so that's the part where, you know, not everybody can be that metacognitive early on. Um, so sometimes... The things that we ask students to do and the opportunities that we give them are like little time bombs. They're going to go off later, and they'll go, oh, that's why that was so valuable. And Brian got it. You know, he ended up volunteering for a lot of the events that we did at orientation. Um, He also started to say yes to things because he started to understand, ah, all of these things are opportunities. And they may not be beneficial in the way I think that they're going to be beneficial, but they will affect me. And they will, you know, sort of uh, generate who I am. And he's doing great. He's uh, he's in Florida as a software engineer right now. Uh, but I think about him a lot in terms of <laughs> and just sort of um, students getting in, you know, understanding what we're trying to accomplish.
1: And it seems to me, you know, recalling my own college years, I know a lot of my, my classmates at that time, you know, way back in the prehistoric age, <laughs> uh, looking at gen eds. You had to take a certain number of gen eds, which, which you have to do here at CSI as well,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: just cringing. Like, How is this going to affect me? I just want to take the courses that uh, affect my major so I can get my diploma and get on with my life. But personally, I found being open to those new experiences, if it's a, a topic you've never taken before and you go in, and you realize, wow, this is really great stuff. And it seems to me like Verrazano takes that to a much higher level and gives more opportunity uh, to the students who are in the program to expand their horizons and grow as, as people and, and also learn and grow their brains.
2: Right, right, absolutely. You know, it's funny is that um, whenever somebody says, you know, starts to talk or, you know, complain about being in a class. It's like, I'm never going to have to use this. Right. <laughs> and I think about my my daughter was a, uh, ran track in high school and she ran hurdles. And so I would always tell them, I'd always ask students, it's like, so, you know, if you're in a track team, you're going to do sit-ups, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you're going to do sit-ups. And, well, when do you ever do a sit-up when you're running a race? Well, you don't. Well, of course you don't. Run. You don't do sit-ups when you're running a race, but you needed to do them to prepare yourself to run the race. You needed to do that to get strong. So whether or not the material is ever something used directly, you're going to end up using it because it's built up your brain. You know, right? Um, But hopefully, what does end up happening is exactly what happened to you: is that you go, "Oh, this is transformative. This has applications. Either it has applications to what you're going to be doing, or it doesn't, and you're just interested." You know. Right. It's all good.
1: So now, in your opinion, how much of an edge does a Verrazano grad have in the professional world when seeking a job once they uh, they graduate from CSI?
2: Well, I think that's what we were just talking about, really. You know, um, the willingness to be open, the willingness to be taught, to learn, to be agile. I mean – so we've learned nothing else from the pandemic is we have to figure out how to do things in new and different ways. So what Verizano does is it continues to ask you to challenge yourself in different ways. Um, so that, that's sort of what we do intellectually. Um, but we also have students do really um, important things logistically like, hey, you need to learn how to communicate professionally. So we have a workshop on that. Okay. Students need to learn how to put together a resume. So there's a whole process by which students the students go through but ultimately, I think what students don't understand is that they're going to learn their job once they have their job. And so the, the, the ability to learn, the ability to take on new ideas, to connect different ideas, that's what they're really getting as an undergraduate. And that's what Verizona does for them.
1: OK. Now, staying on the topic of alumni, grads from the program, uh, what are some of the more prestigious places where Verrazano grads have found jobs?
2: We're, we're young yet, so I'll, I'll be clear. You know, we started in 2007, so we haven't graduated, our graduates haven't really established themselves long term. That said, we do have students who are doing all sorts of cool things from working from some of the big financial houses to um, uh, working. They're in, they're in medical school, they're in law school. We have people working at the state level. Uh, We have teachers all across the borough and across the the five boroughs. Um, But the one that uh, that just jumped in my mind was uh, uh, we have a student who's working for Major League Baseball in the replay industry. When there's a a challenge called on the field, um, they call to the, the replay booth to determine whether or not it needs to be overturned. So we have folks who are doing everything from working in Major League Baseball to working for LinkedIn. Um, and Google, and all sorts of different places. Now,
1: let's shift the focus a bit to you. Uh, how did you come to be the associate director of the program, and how long have you been here?
2: So, I've been advising um, and managing programs my entire professional life. Um, I had started at the University of Arizona, um, I'd moved across country from the University of Connecticut, where I'd been in grad school and worked in several different departments there. Uh, I, as a young young person, I had just moved to Arizona without really having a job. And But I le- knew I liked being in academics. Um, I liked being around smart people. <laughs> I like thinking in semesters. For me, the beginning of the year is never January. The beginning of the year is August or September. So I was working in Arizona, but my husband's from Staten Island. And so we took the opportunity to be closer to his family and ended up moving to Staten Island. And uh, I worked at the College of Staten Island for the Center for Advising and Academic Fest for a year and a half. Um, And then I've been with Verrazano since January of 2015.
1: Okay. Cheryl, now what are some of the things that you like most about your job in Verrazano?
2: Well, you know, I just mentioned being in academics is, is just cool. There's not a a day that goes by when you're not interacting with somebody who's fun and smart and interesting, but just interested in fun and interesting things. You never know what people are interested in, and and it's just fun to hear all those different things. But I also just really loved being an undergraduate myself. I went to to New Mexico State University in my hometown of Las Cruces, New Mexico, and sort of by accident, I had an ideal undergraduate experience. Um, I changed majors like many students do. I thought I was going to be a history and philosophy major and ended up being English and biology. And just, again, by accident, I ended up getting involved in sports, and club sports. I played soccer and helped start a club team there. I was involved as the editor-in-chief of our school magazine, and that's just because I happened to know somebody who was involved. And then I got involved in research in several different labs as a biology major, and I ended up going to Mexico and traveling all over southern New Mexico doing cool research projects. So basically, when I think about my college experience, I have so many great stories to tell of the things that I did and the people that I met. And so what I like about my job is I get to help other students have that experience in a much more intentional way. Um, They're going to do things by accident as well, but we're going to sort of force the issue and say, yeah, let's go try things. Let's go see what happens. Let's see what flows to the top of what you love. But what's super cool about this is that you get to watch somebody who's 18 years old and knows nothing about what they want to do, or they think they know what they want to do, but they're just, they're 18. They don't know an awful lot. And watching students become themselves, become more sophisticated, be able to think about things in a nuanced way, become more confident, that's just a privilege. That's just really awesome. It's like being a parent (laughs) without having to pay for their school. It's really great to watch them become more fully human and fully themselves.
1: Great. Uh, So let's look at the opposite side of the coin, the other side. Uh, What what are some of the challenges of your position?
2: The challenges to my position, as I mentioned, there's only two of us um, who run the Arizona Honors Program. So there's a limit to the things that we can do. There's a limit to the ways that we can grow. And, of course, with the this uh, current economic environment, um, they're just not the resources to throw at, at things that we would like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of things that we are trying to do in new and interesting ways. So we have a number of different student-led programs to help. So, for example, we have a resume review program where we have students who are Peer editing their peers' group, their resumes before they get to the Center for Career and Professional Development. So those, those the student interns are learning about uh, being a career advisor and helping our students. We have other students who are in charge of our social media. So I'm not really part of the 21st century, Terry, So we have to manage <laughs> <students> <laughs> our social media. Um, so we we've been able to equip some student interns would be skills to help us. Extend our reach. So, challenges moving forward would be to how to how to expand that even further. How do we how do we work, reach out to the campus community more? Um, there's a lot of growth that we could do, and it's fun to think about. But right now, uh, that that's the challenge right now.
1: All right, and one final question for you, Cheryl. What does an interested mm-hmm. student need to do to get the application process going to get into Verizano?
2: Right. So whether or not you're a high school senior or a current CSI freshman or sophomore you're going to want to go to the Verrazano website and that's just csi.cuny.edu backslash school and that'll get you to our website you click on the prospective student link and what that'll get you to is the set of requirements to apply you'll want to check out all the the requirements of the the program too just to get a little more familiar with us but the Application itself is pretty straightforward. Um, for incoming freshmen, we're going to see your high school transcripts, we're going to want to have an essay from you, a couple letters of recommendation, um, and your resume. Um, likewise for the incoming students from CSI or transferring from another school, uh, we do want to see a faculty letter of recommendation from somebody at CSI, so we would uh, encourage you to start to get to know your faculty if you haven't done that already. And then of course, if you have any questions about the program, you can get in touch. We'd be happy to to walk you through it.
1: Okay. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for taking some time to tell us about the Verrazano School. And It sounds like you're doing some wonderful work there.
2: Oh, my pleasure. And the students are well worth it.
1: Oh, yeah. It sounds that way. Thanks again. Take care. All right. You too. Thanks again for listening. Coming up next week, David Pizzuto rejoins the show with an exclusive interview with professor in the psychology department and the Women, Gender, and Sexuality program, the Reverend Kathleen Comiskey. Check us out, as well as all the newsmakers at CSI on www.csitoday.com, and be sure to subscribe. We'll see you again next week, right here on CSI Today Talks.
0: Thank you for listening to this edition of the CSI Today Talks Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get alerted for brand new episodes and to listen on demand to your favorites. Be sure to check us out at www.csitoday.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.